0: Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh
1: yeah! Then you're in the right place. I'm gonna make a lot
0: of pretend.
1: Life moves pretty fast. Yeah. Patriots win the man made Chronicles. Baby has his best! Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have uh Jimmy Wong. Jimmy, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thanks so much for having me, man. No problem.
1: Uh, what's new with you?
2: Uh, well, you know, um, I live in Los Angeles, so recently there was an earthquake and there was also a large brush fire north of me, so the world is potentially crumbling around me, but we're still keeping it nice and warm here, so not too much. Yeah. There you so uh, <laughs> let's,
1: uh, let's start by telling the listeners uh, you know, where you're from, or where'd you grow up, and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I'm a Seattle-born and bred kid. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Washington. And, uh, that definitely was a huge part of my life, man. I listened to a ton of grunge rock growing up. I was always, I got like my lip pierced when I was 18. I moved out and worked at the street canvasser for a while. So I was definitely a kid that was a Seattle kid through and through. The only thing is I, I don't have a tattoo. That's probably the last defining Seattle thing I could get for myself.
1: Yeah. And, uh, after that, uh, you went to college.
2: Yeah, I went to school up in Vermont. Like randomly, uh, my college advisor in high school was like, "You know what? You should. Your brother's going to SoCal. You should change it up. Try something different. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to be kind of the kind of person that likes a, a change of pace." And so I went to this small college up in Vermont called Middlebury. And ended up majoring in theater there. And that's sort of what brought me out to Los Angeles. Um, Because at that point, my brother had graduated from his college. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to live in New York. I don't know if there are many New York fans out there. But it's not my favorite city to live in. Great city to visit. So I ended up going to LA, living with my brother. And starting the whole acting, hosting, YouTube, online thing that I've been doing for the past seven years now.
1: So you moved all the way across the country, Vermont. Which is like a couple hours away from Massachusetts, where I'm from. And... How was it going from a place like Seattle to, like, you know, Vermont, where it's, like, all mountains? and
2: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. A lot of my friends were from just outside of Boston. And so I got a lot of, uh, I guess, New England experience when I was up there. Uh, my favorite part by far was the change in how beautiful autumn and fall was. And anyone from Massachusetts knows this, too. When fall comes and you go into the Hampshire, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, all those states, it's just gorgeous up there uh so that was like a great change for me was how different the weather was uh because when you finally go outside and it's negative 20 with windchill you you have lived a different part of life than a lot of people
1: did you uh do all four years in vermont
2: yeah, I did, uh, and I got to you know of course visit Boston a lot. I got to go to New York. That was sort of the fun thing for me, is because growing up on the West Coast, you don't really travel across the country as much unless you have a good reason to. Yeah. Um, so being able to be there, you know, I went to North Carolina, I went to Georgia, I went to a bunch of different places, and so that was really nice for me as a uh, someone that likes traveling. Yeah.
1: So after you moved back to LA, what was the one of the first things you started doing?
2: Eating tacos. I'm being completely serious. Dude, LA has got some of the best Mexican food in the world. But the first thing I did acting wise was I just sort of went out and did the grind, which is you're listening, you know, you go to a, a casting website, you sign up for a pay monthly, and every day you sit there and look for roles that might fit whatever your age range demographic is. And you just hit submit over and over and over again. You find the roles, submit, maybe leave a note, uh, and then hope to get called in for something. And for the most part, when you know, you're you starting out, you see a lot more smaller projects, so a lot of like college productions, people's first productions out of school, um, sometimes even all the way down to high school productions in Los Angeles. And so you do a whole host of different things, and you audition a lot and just hope that you know things start to progress. But at that point, you don't really have a perspective on what it means to be a performer, be an actor or whatever, so you're just sort of putting your head down. Charging forward and hoping when you look up finally you're at a place that's further along the career path than when you started Yeah,
1: so and then you started playing around with YouTube making videos and stuff like that
2: Yeah, so my brother was super into YouTube and they caught on to that trend Even before the big surge of youtubers started sort of in 20 2010 2011 they've been making videos on there for a few years and for me I was like nah There's no real acting on YouTube. I was being really pretentious and artsy about it And after a year of acting and just grinding it through and making, you know, $200 a month or whatever, I finally realized, you know what, I I should try some different avenues. So I jumped on YouTube and I started doing music originally. And at the time, you know, the flavor of the week was to cover something on the top 10 and then try and make it look like your song was the actual music video to that song. So people would like accidentally click it. And also people would just be searching for that song, you know, because it was a top 10 hit of that week. But after a year of covering you know, Lady Gaga and Britney Spears a bunch, I kind of grew tired of it. The grind was real. And so I kept doing other YouTube projects. And one of the big things I did was I started my own cooking show, uh, which I'm still doing to this day. And I also uh, was in a show called Video Game High School, which was a ton of fun. And it really resonated with me. I always tell people it's like Harry Potter, but in a video game based world instead. So if there was no NFL, but there was a professional Counter-Strike tournament in its place, that's sort of the... Fictional, alternate, and kind of real reality that we're entering into. Uh, But yeah, that was a ton of fun. And that was really, I think, started my acting career because I I got to, you know, explore a whole range of emotions and and actual dynamics as an actor over the course of three seasons of this show. And that was like definitely one of the best projects I think I've ever worked on, and maybe one of the best projects I will ever work on.
1: Um, Tell us about your cooking show. How did you decide to start a cooking show? And did you have experience? Like, did you go to school? Take classes in cooking, or is this something that you just did much on your own? Pretty much,
2: it was kind of the same thing when I did a full year of acting and then started doing YouTube for the first time. I did YouTube for the first time for a full year and after got sort of really burnt out on doing music and doing that grind. So I switched over and was like, you know what? I've always wanted to learn how to cook, I don't know how to cook. I'm going to start a show with my friend, and we're going to just cook stuff from like video games and, and books and all sorts of fictional properties. Uh, so we called it Feast of Fiction and you know I was talking to my brother at the time and we were just sort of brainstorming and thinking what doesn't exist online that should exist in video form and that was sort of the idea we came up with and so that was the start of this channel that I'm still running to this day you know and cooking is a joy because food is one of those things that no matter what happens it's something that humans will always need and so being able to make food and show it to people and have people rejoice in the making of food is actually a really satisfying Thing, even if it wasn't in my mind, like completely aligning with what my goals as an actor were. Yeah,
1: what's uh, what's one of the best dishes uh, that you enjoy cooking?
2: We made the Krabby Patty really early on, which is from SpongeBob SquarePants. And it's supposed to be this mythical, amazing burger that you don't know what the secret ingredient is. Um, But, you know, we made the episode theme just like how they did it in the show. And I love that show to death. So it was a lot of fun to just both film the episode, edit it together, put it together, and also eat a delicious crab burger at the end. Yeah.
1: And um, what was the name of the video game show that you said you did?
2: Oh, Video Game High School. Okay.
1: And, uh,. How many episodes did you film in
2: that? So the first season had like not. The first season was like an hour and a half. They were just like, we're going to make a short movie kind of thing uh, and split it up for the internet. But then everyone was like, we want it to be more and longer. So then the next season was closer to two and a half, three hours, about uh, six episodes. And then the last season was another six episodes, but closer to like four hours because the episodes just got longer and longer. Um, and we treated it more sort of like a TV show. So overall, I think it was 12, I think it was 21 total episodes of that show.
1: And now, um, have you worked on any other projects for, uh, like your own stuff on YouTube?
2: Yeah. I mean, the main thing that I keep doing right now is Feast of Fiction and it's something that I've always loved to do. Uh, it's, it's good to always keep, you know, opportunities as open as possible and brand deals or something that a channel that's successful on YouTube can get. And that's a great way to actually make an income doing this because, you know, it, it's been hard to just make money off of AdSense alone, which is how many people are viewing a video, yeah. you know, how many people are clicking on the ads on it. Um, and that's tough because it can be really inconsistent and there's been a lot of controversy recently on YouTube because ads have been pulled by a lot of people because they realize that it may be placed in front of controversial content they don't want their product in front of. So as a result, AdSense sales dipped and stuff. So I like doing piece of fiction because it's a great avenue to be able to pursue working with bigger companies. You know, we did something for the Hunger Games. We've done stuff for Walmart and all sorts of different companies, which has been a great way to both get a little experience working with bigger companies and also make an actual income off of something like this.
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, tell us about the your Disney show that you just uh, finished filming and it was already aired during the summer.
2: Yeah, and it's actually still airing uh, because you know I, I find that most times if something is on a rerun, it's a it means that. You know, it was in a certain time of day that's hard for a lot of people to watch. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I love reruns. So right now on Disney XD, every night they're changing the channel, and Disney XD is the I would call it the sister channel to the main Disney channel. Okay. Uh, but they get to do a lot more animation and a lot more fun stuff. So people that are fans of the show Gravity Falls, that's where the that's where it originally originated from. Uh, there's also like Spider Man and a bunch of other Marvel related stuff on that channel, as well as the new Ducktales. But every t- every night now they're changing it to DXP, which is like video game focused content. So there is let's plays, there's shows um, that are like video game competitions. There's sort of uh, coverage of life events or tournaments such as Overwatch tournaments in the world, and it's all between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m. Those times may have changed; I'm not too sure. But one of the shows on it is what I like to call like the SNL equivalent of a video game show. It's uh, me and another host. And we are essentially welcoming guests to the show to come play video games on the couch with us. And we screen digital shorts and occasionally play games in studio and just kind of goof off and do some really fun, silly things. And the whole audience is filled with other people that are YouTubers, influencers, Viners, Instagrammers, Twitter people, all that. And so there's a big fun sort of contributed sharing pool of like, let's make some fun content. Let's have fun playing video games, this thing that we all love and share in common and get to watch some awesome people doing it so for instance my favorite guest we had in the show was carl anthony towns who's currently on the minnesota timberwolves and is a literal giant and one of the best basketball players i think to come out of this like the last three years yeah but the guy loved video games you know like that's just something that brings a lot of people together and that's also really fun to see because i think i i think anytime looks at someone looks at a professional athlete they don't really think like I bet that guy loves Madden or I bet that guy loves playing Xbox or whatever, you know? Um, But tons of gamers are just in this generation of human beings now. And what you do in life doesn't change the fact that you like playing video games.
1: The man Cave chronicles on Twitter at the MCC podcast. We'll be right back.
0: Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to the Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on quietpunch.com. Check it out today. That's quietpunch.com.
1: Rotoware.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t-shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just, it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to
0: who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah,
1: kid, I've seen you, you've been getting
0: a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. I DPS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt.
1: I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. RotoWear on Twitter. Check out RotoWear.com. Oh, my God. Is this this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. This
2: is Brandon Brandon Gertz from Bellator MMA. Um, You're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles.
1: And uh, you've also had... uh... People from like uh, Modern Family. Nolan Gould was on there with you.
2: Yeah, Nolan Gould was on there. That kid. I was so pleasantly surprised when he. We were talking about League of Legends, and he started dropping. You know, like it's sort of one of those things where you just immediately know if someone is being legitimate or not when they're talking about something. If you're, if you are something that you also enjoy, uh, and as soon as he started talking about it, I was like, "This kid's for real." Uh, he definitely knows this game, and it's. It was really fun to to connect on that different level because. You shed every other pretense you know you don't think about how many followers someone has you don't think about how if they're on the biggest show on, on you know cable TV or not none of that stuff is filtered in because you're just sharing something that you both have a common interest in, and that's I think the beauty of why video games are so significant like in this year and age.
1: he just seems like a fun guy to hang out with
2: too, yeah, really chill guy I mean if you're the thing is i think if you're like on a big show like that you have to be able to get along with people because you're working with the same crew every day you know the yeah. same actors and if you're a dick that's it's just not gonna work out for you yeah.
1: and you also had a uh, marcus uh was it scribner from black yeah how, yeah how was he
2: great and it's my favorite part is actually following these guys on instagram and stuff and watching their stories and being like yeah that's totally the guy i met that's great because he was recently at the Emmys and stuff, and you know, like his story was awesome. It was like this little peek into the world that I just really have no familiarity with. But yeah, Marcus, really chill guy, and also a big gamer. Yeah.
1: And um, what's this thing that I read online about uh, live drone racing? You're into that?
2: Oh, live drone racing. I, I'm not into it. I love drones, because we use them all the time for filming and stuff, and like the angles and the crazy shots you can get with drones are just awesome like my friends have all i have have two people i know now that went to iceland brought a drone and came back with what looks like the most beautiful video in the world uh drone racing is something that is uh, i think they actually covered it on disney xp for one of their like little moments but it's this crazy sport man you like people put on these goggles that are cameras on the drones and then they take them through these awesome courses and try and go as fast as possible without crashing Mm. and they recently i think they had like some crazy prize amount for a tournament in dubai or something but it seems like this brand new like sport i don't know if it'll catch on or if it's just flavor of the month but it is pretty intense to watch
1: are you a drone owner
2: uh yeah i have a mini drone that carries the gopro around it's not anything close to how agile these like drone racing guys are or any of the big time ones that carry huge cameras yeah
1: i'm trying to talk my wife at the letting me buy one but if you really want a good one you gotta spend like a thousand dollars to get a good
2: one yeah it's true i mean but the thing is i mean if you go around it if you're really interested in making like an awesome video or you're traveling somewhere and you really want to bring it, it 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 really does provide the value on the other side Yeah, i think it's just more of a question of like you know if you're gonna buy a car you're gonna drive that thing every day probably if you have a reason to if you buy a drone how often are you taking that sucker out you know like when can you get up to the point where you're like i've definitely earned uh, drone-wise, what I paid for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. That's true.
2: But they and, are uh, sweet, man. They're really, really cool. And um,
1: you have a podcast too, right?
2: Yep, a podcast about this nerdy game I play. Uh, it's actually pretty awesome, actually. I, I shouldn't call it nerdy because I'm a huge fan of it. It's called Magic the Gathering. It's like the original collectible card game. And it's been around for 25 years now. And it's only gotten better because... You know, they've just been iterating and iterating and, and condensing it and making things correct and exploring new gameplay things that they've never done before. And in 25 years, this game has got millions of players worldwide now, which is pretty awesome to see. Um, similar to like the video game thing, like we all grew up playing these kinds of games and board games and stuff, and now that everyone's turning into adults with expendable incomes, everyone's getting back into it. And as a result, all these games are getting really popular and like, it's becoming very mainstream, which is awesome.
1: Have a question for the Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast. Hey everyone, Blaze and Will here from Hey Down In Front Podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we provide the movie commentary that you never asked for. Who's throwing a party?
0: That's so, going to be terrible.
1: We go over our weekly entertainment-based adventures.
0: God, if you're listening,
1: <laughs> Then we dig in and tear apart the movies everyone loves. Oh, I had my mouth open, you f***ing animal. Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. I had to rewind myself. I know. <laughs> All right, thanks for, thanks, thanks for mansplaining that to <laughs> me,
2: And give us a follow on Instagram at front underscore podcast and Twitter at hdif underscore podcast. See you next Tuesday. Oh, okay, please. This is Adam Nutter.
1: And this is Greg Trout.
2: And we're Nerds with Words,
0: and you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Has the universe ever called out to you? Well, it's calling out to you now, and it demands
2: you listen to the Jerk of All Trades podcast. Every Thursday night, Eddie and Ray tackled the absurdity of this world via a cornucopia of topics ranging from
0: hot-button mainstream news, tech, robotics, progressive medicine,
2: UFC, WWE, and so much more. Jerk of All Trades, changing the world, one podcast at a time.
1: Where, um, where can listeners find your podcast?
2: Uh, if you look up the Command Zone, I believe that should pop it up first on most podcast apps. We also have a YouTube channel. Just look up the Command Zone podcast. And we actually do this fun show. If you ever want to see people playing uh, Magic the Gathering, we do a show called Game Nights, Nights with a K, where we put you know four players in a room and they play these decks. And we do our best to edit it in a way that is really... Uh, digestible for someone that may be unfamiliar with the game because it's more about the emotional beats and sort of carrying it through like a show and so these are like 30-40 minute episodes of four people gathered around laughing a lot yelling at each other and playing a card game so that's I'd say if you want to get like an intro to that I would 100% start there All right, um, is there
1: uh, anything else you want to share with the listeners
2: Uh, I mean hey uh, use the internet <laughs> I don't know uh, I guess the thing is like It's always fun to get a lot of like suggestions on what to listen to. We do something called the end step on our podcast where we talk about something outside the world of Magic the Gathering and it's always like talking about hardcore history or, you know, this book series or whatever. And I found it's really hard to like fit it all into someone's head. Um, And usually there's like better ways of just kind of getting a taste of it. So I would say like anytime someone gives you a suggestion, I would just slot aside like 10 to 20 minutes if you're really interested. Do a little bit of a deep dive on the online, and if you like it, you can keep going. But don't like think that you have to endure an entire recommendation. Because if someone recommends me a book, I'll go read a review on it, you know, and see if it's something I'm into. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's like uh, it's like buying a video game. You want to look into it. Is this something I'm going to play? Then you watch yeah. videos online and say, "Yeah, this is something I'm going to play."
2: Yeah, that's a huge part of marketing video games now too. Is like giving it to streamers. It's crazy how much power the consumer has, uh, but. Hey, that's just kind of the world that we're we're in now.
1: Yeah. Are you uh, what's your favorite gaming uh, system?
2: Oh my goodness, what a great question. I would probably say like the one that really resonates the most with me would either be the Super Nintendo or the Game Boy. Just because portable gaming started with the Game Boy and when smartphones really got going, it continued on the smartphone, but the Game Boy was the original, you know, portable bring this anywhere play game on the bus on the streets yeah. plug your headphones in disappear into another world you know and so that really had a big impact on my life when i was a kid
1: what about now for like the new new systems
2: i think i'm probably a ps4 actually no the switch the switch is sweet because it does exactly what i was just talking about you can take yeah. it anywhere like i was playing a switch on the plane and i had the biggest grin on my face because i was like there's no way that if you told child me what you were doing right now and what it looked like yeah. i would ever believe you
1: it was kind of like the, the PSP, remember that? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, Sony's version of their handheld. Nintendo's just kind of won that game, though. You know how, like, everyone considers Apple to be to have won this smartphone game because yeah. they were the first on the block? Nintendo really, by being first on the block, same goes for Magic Gathering, like, really being first on the block has managed to keep that uh, hold on the industry. Yeah.
1: I need to ask this question. Are you looking forward to the new Call of Duty?
2: I mean, I'm always looking forward to a Call of Duty because I know that the campaigns are just always ridiculous. You can expect a few crazy cutscenes, and then I'm the kind of guy that like plays multiplayer for a day, rage quits a few times because kids are way better than me, and yeah. then just and then just waits for the next Call of Duty.
1: Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this one because it goes back to like its original World War or Two type of oh atmosphere. nice atmosphere.
2: Yeah, I like that a lot. Battlefield did that too, and Call of Duty, and all these games started. You know, it's. It's, it's crazy when, like, you're jumping around in, like, jetpacks and stuff and flying through space. Yeah, that got a little too, least... cr-
1: too crazy for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It is kind of cool to see, you know, how Warfare worked back in the day, even though it is still fantastical. Um, but it's pretty crazy stuff, video games. Great, yeah. Um, through history.
1: So how can uh, listeners find you on YouTube and all the other social medias that you're on?
2: I'd say the best way is just, like, find me on Twitter. That's where I usually announce everything, spread out most of my thoughts, uh, agree with them or not. <laughs> but yeah. it's also, like, got inside my bio. Like, here's where you can do all this other stuff. And if you want to jump down that wormhole, like, freaking go on ahead. I would love to have you. If you, you know, if you don't like it, you could, you're could. you more than welcome to not. <laughs> That's what I always tell people. Uh, so you can just follow me on Twitter at JFWONG. It's all there. Yeah.
1: Well, you have good Instagram stories too. I I follow you on Instagram. I mean, you oh, thanks, good, man! You have some good videos on there.
2: Yeah, I try. A lot of that's like food related and dog related. Yeah. So if you like a dog, find me on Instagram. Same username, JF Wong. Yeah,
1: because like you had something on today. Where were you today? You were at some kind of market. we
2: were yeah Grand Central Market. It's like this market in LA that uh, a lot of independent or like smaller restaurants and stuff can uh, rent from. Which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, a lot of really awesome places in there. Yeah.
1: All right. Well. uh Thanks for coming on, and uh, please come back on in a few months. Let us know what you're working on and how's everything can. going. Can do.
2: And we can talk about football, too, if you're a Bostonite.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you, uh, you a sports fan?
2: Yeah, I'm a Seahawks fan, Seahawks, so we, ha- so we have a, some blood.
1: That was a that tough was game, game to watch with the 49ers the other day.
2: Oh, I know. That was a tough game to watch. You know, it was. A, every time I think about the Seahawks losing to the Patriots, though, I just think about how badly the Falcons lost last year instead, and it makes me smile.
1: Yeah. That, that was worse, yeah. It was definitely yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I said, you know, I'm a, obviously I'm a New England fan. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what Pete Carroll was thinking in that Super Bowl to this day.
2: You know, we still have the same offensive coordinator, and a lot of people really don't like, like him for that reason. So we'll see what happens.
1: This season will be interesting with a lot of teams, I think.
2: Yeah, it's crazy because I really like seeing teams that were traditionally not good – just have a great year. Like the Raiders, I think are just secretly being the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can it's kind of crazy. Uh, but you know, here's the thing. Coaching matters. And if you're, co- if you're going against a team like new England, you better out coach them. Otherwise you're probably going to lose. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, uh, they lost the first game of the season, but you know, most of us are not really worried about that one loss.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you have a lot of other stuff You've got the rest of the season. Exactly. There's a lot left to go. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, like I said, uh hope to have you back on in a few months.
2: Thanks, man. Hope yeah. uh, hope both of our teams are doing well at that point and about to enter the playoffs. There you go.
1: Yeah, perfect ti- perfect timing. I'll bring you on. Perfect right before- timing. I'll bring you on right before the playoffs.
2: Yeah, let's do some player predictions. Yeah, we do. All right. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks so much. All
0: right, Thanks. thanks. See so you watch me talk on my phone yesterday, all sexy Chom Wing Wong Baby, it's all just code. It's the way I tell the ladies, it's time to get funky. I hope one day you can meet my mother, my brothers, sisters, grandmothers, grandpas and cousins. Oh what they're really doing on those friday nights you're showing me how to cook and dress cause baby i want to take you out and blow your freaking mind and underneath the pounds of makeup and your baby blue eyes i know there's a lot of pain and hurt for such a big brain to spend all night studying side. I pick up my phone and say, Ching Chong, it means I love you, Ling Long. I really want you, Ting Tong. I to you all day long, but I know you're busy cramming all those big hard theories and arguments. You ain't that polite, nice American girl your mama raised you to be. So when you reach that epiphany, wait, are you freaking kidding me? If you have an epiphany every single time you study, that means you're probably doing something wrong. But I like it when you're wrong. And underneath the pounds of makeup and your baby blue eyes. Oh, I know there's a lot of pain and hurt for such a big brain to spend all night studying poli side. I pick up my phone and say, It means I love you. I song really